الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن هدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah, we continue going over the tremendous book authored by the Fadilat al-Shaykh al-Alama Imam bin Baz rahimahullahu ta'ala. The book which is entitled Durus al-Muhimma li'amat al-Ummah. important lessons for the general masses of the ummah we are still on the section dealing with the arkan of iman dealing with the, the pillars of iman and we are on the the second pillar which is the belief in the malaika is the iman in the malaika the malaika meaning the angels the angels fadilat al-shaykh sheikh abdul sheikh sheikh abdul razak bin sheikh abdul muhsin al-abad al-badr hafizhumullah ta'ala he mentions that the belief in the malaika it consists of a few affairs and that we believe in the malaika in general and we believe in the malaika specifically 
We believe in them specifically, meaning those texts that come stating specific information about the Malaika, then we believe in those texts and the details that come therein. And outside of those texts that bring the specific details about the Malaika, then we believe in them in general. We believe in them in general. So thus we believe in the Malaika as relates to their names, as relates to their descriptions, as relates to their number, meaning the number of Malaika that perform a certain task and the like, and we believe in the jobs and tasks of the Malaika. Naam. Just as to recap, because in the last class we took the first two, that we believe in the Malaika in their names. Now remember, our belief in the Malaika, that it is in general and specific. As relates to specific, we believe in those names of the Malaika that have come in the text. And we believe in them by name. So, Jibreel, for example, Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil, so on and so forth. We believe in them and we believe in them specifically by name. Now, the other angels of which we don't have information on what their name is, we believe that what they have names, Naam, and we believe in them in general. We believe in them in general. Naam. But likewise, we took their descriptions. Because we know the Malaika, they have specific descriptions. The Prophet, he described the angel Jibreel, alayhi salatu wasalam, that he had 600 wings and that each wing covered the horizon and that there fell from his wings pearls, rubies and precious gems so on and so forth Naam. so we believe in this specific description as relates to the angel Jibreel another example is the description of those angels that hold the throne, that, that carry the throne. The Prophet explained that, that from their earlobe to their shoulder is the distance of 700 years yani, uh, that are, yani, uh, in, in flight. Huh? 700 years a bird will have to fly for 700 years or fly for 700 years to go from the earlobe to the shoulder. Naam. So these are general, or these are specific, excuse me, these are specific descriptions as relates to the Malaika. So those texts that come bearing specific descriptions, then we believe in those specific descriptions. Naam. And when there's not a text, 
that describes them specifically, then we believe in general they have descriptions, they have characteristics. Now, we don't know about them because the only way to know about them is, is from revelation. But we believe in their general description. For example, Allah He informed us that He had made the Mala'ika Ja'il al Mala'ika Rusula. He had made the Mala'ika as messengers. Uli Ajniha. That they possess wings. Metna wa thulatha wa That they have wings. Some of them have two wings. Others from amongst them have three wings. And others from amongst them have four wings. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Yazidu fil khulqi ma yasha. And Allah increases to His creation what He pleases. Because we know that there are some angels that have more than four wings. Case in point, Jibreel, alayhi salatu wa salam, he has how many wings? 600 wings. And how big is each wing? It covers what? The horizon. Now, so we know that angels have different number of wings. Two, three, four, and more. Now, so we believe in that in general, that angels, they have wings. Now, and that's what we covered in the last, uh, in the last class, of course, in more depth. But bidnilahi ta'ala, that will serve as a, a, a review. So what we left off on was malaika, the number of the malaika. Now, now we believe in this ijmala in general. In general, we believe that the number of the malaika, the narrow, then their number, how many of them are they? Only Allah knows. It is not known except by the one who created them. That their number is not known except by the one who created them. So when it comes to the number of the malaika, then this would be from different aspects. One aspect, how many are the how, how many angels are there in total? How many angels are there in total? Now we know that their number is finite. It doesn't go on forever. Right? But how many of that number? Allahu A'lam. Only Allah knows. Only Allah knows. Ma'am? So we believe that there are a number of them, but only Allah knows the exact number of how many they are. And Allah Ta'ala, He says, Yani the person will say, well, delil. What's the delil that their number is only known by Allah Azza wa Jal? Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَمَا يَعْلَمُ and no one knows the number and no one knows, excuse me, about the armies of your Lord except for him. And the angels are from the soldiers of Allah Azza wa Jal. The angels are from the soldiers of Allah Azza wa Jal. And only Allah knows how many of them there are. So there are a great and a vast number of malaika. وَمِمَّا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ هَذِهِ الْكَثْرَةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ And that which points to their tremendous number. So in other words, we believe that in the malaika, in general, that, that there are a number of them, but we believe that there is an extremely great and big number of angels. There is يعني, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of angels. Naam? And there are texts that point us to this understanding that we know that Naam, that there are a great number of angels. There are some texts that point to this. From those texts, which point to the great number of the malaika, 
Qistatul Isra. It comes inside of the event of the Isra. When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he made the Isra wal Mi'raj, he made the night journey, and then he ascended into the heavens. Naam. This is a beautiful hadith bin Allah Ta'ala when uh, yani, uh, everyone gets a chance, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, find this hadith and, and, and read through it. It's a beautiful hadith. Beautiful hadith. Naam, about what happened when the Prophet وسلم, he, he took the night journey and then he, and then he made the ascension in, into the heavens. Naam, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous uh, event. Tremendous event. This hadith it could be found in, in uh, Al-Bukhari and Muslim. It could be found in, in, in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Naam is a long hadith. But in that hadith, it gives us an indication of how many angels there are. That is a is a very great and big number. Naam. And that is Haythu uh, Qal that has it comes in a hadith where it says, Thumma Rufi'a Li. The Prophet Sallallahu said, Thumma Rufi'a Li Baytul Ma'mur. Then I was risen, or then, yani, yeah, I was risen, taken up to, uh, was called. Al-Baytul Ma'mur Al-Baytul Ma'mur Naam This is a a place of worship inside of the heavens Naam, a masjid huh? inside of the heavens فَقُلْتُ And I said Ya Jibreel Ma hadha He said, so I said, O Jibreel What is this? Qala Alayhi salam Jibreel, he said هذا بيت المعمور. He said, "This is بيت المعمور." نعم, the name of it, بيت المعمور. يدخل كل يوم. The entrance inside of بيت المعمور every single day. سبعون ألف ملك. The entrance inside of بيت المعمور every single day. Seventy thousand angels. Seventy. Thousand angels every day, seventy thousand angels enter into Baytul Ma'mur. Either Khoraju Min, and when they leave from it, Lem Yaudu Fihi Akhiru Ma'alehim. When they leave from it, that group of seventy thousand never go back for a second time. So every day, a Different 70,000 angels enter into Baytul Ma'mur. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Ma'am? That's a lot. So every day, 70,000 angels enter. And they get their turn. And then that's it. The next day is for a different group. The next day, a different group. The next day, a different group. And they only go there once and they don't go back. Ma'am? So the number of angels is a vast number. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's a great abundance, a great magnitude amount of angels. Naam. So this is one hadith that points to the fact that Naam, there are a great number of angels and only Allah knows exactly how many they are. And the Prophet وسلم, uh, he said in another hadith, Naam, He said, the sky, think about this, 
He said the sky is complaining and moaning. Huh? The sky is moaning, making a noise. Naam? And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, He said, and it has a right to moan. The sky moans and it has a right to moan. It moans yani, for good reason. For good reason. And earlier in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I see what you don't see. He said, I see what you don't see. Naam. Subhanallah, just reflect on this hadith because this hadith, it shows us that what we see day in and day out is not the whole story. It's not the whole story. There is a lot more to existence than what we see. And it's important to remember because a lot of times people get distracted by their day-to-day -day life and what goes on in their world, as they say, in their world, right? But it's only a very small portion of reality and what really is going on. And when we realize that, uh, for lack of a better term, we are a part of a greater narrative, uh, then it helps you to change your perspective. Because, see, whatever you may be going through in your life, you have to realize that, one, is temporary. Because this life is temporary. Whatever happens to you in this life, ups and downs, so on and so forth, this is not the complete life. You will move on from this life to the barzakh, to that stage between this world and the hereafter. Naam, meaning the, 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 the everlasting hereafter, the Jannah or the Nar. Then after that, you will be raised, yawm and judged, and eventually, either be in the hellfire or the jannah. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to save us from the fire and to enter us into the jannah. Ameen. The point is, is that when you look at these things and you examine from this perspective, it changes your outlook on life. Now, the things that you're going through becomes very small. Becomes very small. Right? They have a saying, it says, do not give up the ocean for the bowl. Do not give up the ocean for a bowl. Now you know how big a bowl is, right? The, like the bowl you put cereal in, or or oatmeal, or farina, or whatever. Yeah, your, your, you know your choice of breakfast uh, food. <laughs> a bowl. Don't give up the ocean for a bowl, right? Now, of course, yeah, this is just a parable, but the reality of the difference is even greater than what is in the ocean between what is in the bowl. It's even greater than that. But it's a parable. And, 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 and this means is that what? Don't give up the hereafter for the dunya. The hereafter is what? It's the ocean. You want to give all that up for a bowl? For what you could fit in a bowl? Right? It's not worth it. So when you look at things from a, from a, a, a grand scale, as they say, on a grand scale, then you realize that what we're going through in this life is really not, is really not worth it. And when you... Find over the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu when he mentioned that the richest man that had the best you know, life in the dunya, right, from the kuffar, he'll be dipped into the hellfire once and then taken out. And then he'll be asked, have you ever known any bliss? And he'll say, i never known any bliss. None. Had the best life in the dunya. 
The most lavish life in the dunya, most lavish life scale in the dunya. Right? Dip inside the hellfire one time. Did you have a good life? No. I, I never knew any pleasure. And then it would take the poorest from the believers that had the roughest life, the toughest life, the worst life. In dunya terms. Be dipped in Jannah once. Pull out. And then it'll be asked, have you ever known any hardship? And they say, I never knew any hardship. Never. Why? Because the life of this world is temporary. What, ha what happens here is not the real deal. This is not the end of the affair. This is the beginning. This is a small part of the overall affair, but it's a very significant part. Why? Because what we do in this part will determine our hereafter. So for the one who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, puts forward righteous good deeds, they sacrifice for Allah azza wa jal. They do what is correct. They are patient with the harms and 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 and, and the uh, the the ups and the downs of the dunya, right? For them will be everlasting reward in jannah. But for the one who disbelieves in Allah azza wa jal, they are ungrateful unto Allah azza wa jal. They live their life committing all types of sin and treachery and so on and so forth and, and oppression, huh? And, and and the like. Then for this one. They, although they may have had a little bit of good time here in the dunya, in the end it's not worth it. Because now forever they're in a hellfire. Now forever they're in a hellfire. Now. So this helps to curb and to govern our behavior huh? And, and, and when we are able to refocus our perception. You understand? Because that, that woman, that Catholic woman who is scatterly clad, showing off her adornments, Naam. she doesn't become that beautiful when you change your perspective. Because as nice as it may look, it's inviting you to nothing but pain, nothing but agony, remorse, and regret. Naam. When you look at the exchange, would you rather take this or would you rather be patient and receive the Hudun'in? Then it becomes easy to realize the reality of that dirty Catholic. Naam. And then when you add on to it the reality of their physical person, they don't practice the yani, the the habits of fitrah and we know what they are how filthy they are physically damn and even more so how filthy they are spiritually that they commit shirk they they commit kufr they don't believe in the prophets and the messengers ya subhanallah ya subhanallah who want to deal with that who want to deal with that who want to deal with a person that comes to you and is reeking upon their breath pork who want to deal with that a person that takes intoxicants and all kind of filthy stuff. Who want to deal with that? SubhanAllah. You understand? So when you're able to change your perspective, it helps you. It helps you. Now, likewise, when it comes to being patient upon the ta'a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, it's easier when your perspective is changed. It's like for a person, they said one time, they said, a Catholic. They asked me, they said, you guys, you fast Ramadan. I said, Naam. They said, how long is Ramadan? 
I said either 29 or 30 days. And they said, that's a long time to fast. And I, and I think they didn't understand. I said, no, no, I said, we only fast from, you know, from Fajr to, to Maghrib. And I, yeah, I'm not going to translate that for y'all, but I translated it for them. Yeah, and from these time periods, that's when we fast. So they said, but still, that's a long time. So I said, is it really? Is it really? They said, what you mean? I said, let me ask you a question. If the doctor told you you got 29 days to live or 30 days to live, that's a long time? They said, oh, well, no, if you put it like that, then no, it's not a long time. <laughs> you change your perspective. Now you look at the all of the dunya. Personally live 80 years, mashallah. 90 years, mashallah. 100-some-odd years, mashallah. But they say you like living like back in the days. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years, mashallah. But what is a thousand years? What is five thousand years? What is a billion years equal to forever? Nothing. A billion years forever. Right? You look at that, you're like, whoa, that a billion years nothing. Forever don't end. Right? So now look at our lifespan. Sixty some odd years. That's not a long time. Not a long time. Sixty some odd years to be righteous and then you get forever. That's a good deal. Right? That's a good deal. So I don't lie. I like if someone told you work for 65 days and you'll never have to work another day again in your life. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. That's it, 65 days. I never got to work another day in my life. Let's do it. Right? But what you're going to get in that exchange is even better. 65 some odd years, then you get forever in gender. Wait, 80 some odd years, forever in gender. Wait. 90 some odd years forever in gender. Wait, 100 some odd years forever in gender. That's a good deal. Because 100 years is nothing. It's nothing. Right? So the point is when you change your perspective, it helps you a lot. What helps you change this perspective is the proper belief in the mala'ika. Now, because it shows you how, how small you are. Really. It shows you how small you are. And how insignificant in that sense. Not saying that, yeah, because yeah, the, the, the believer, he has, uh, he has nobility. You know, she, is no, she has nobility. They're noble. But what I mean is that it helps you not get beside yourself. It helps you not become arrogant. It helps you not become haughty. And so on and so on. Because you realize, okay, at the end of the day, I mean, come on. You understand? At the end of the day, how much is you really saying? <laughs> of knowledge, you've only been given a little bit. So even, you know, come on. Right? Yes, sir. So it 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 it, uh, it helps in that in that sense. You might want to put it like uh, on the side, maybe. A lot. Right? It 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 helps keep you balanced. Anyway, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said that the ain't that that the sky it moans, right? And he said it has right to moan, has right to moan. He said, "Ma fiha it is not inside of the of, of, of the heavens a space of four fingers. Right? Oh, look at that. I want to look at that. A space of four fingers. Just four fingers. So every four finger distance. Right? What happens? The space of every four fingers in the heavens, except it's an angel, 
prostrate in putting his head down, prostrating to Allah. Putting his head down, prostrating to Allah. Every four fingers. SubhanAllah. And, and that's why the Prophet he began that statement by saying, I see what you don't see. But when you reflect on that, that changes the, your outlook. Period. That changes your outlook on the dunya. You look at everything is different. Everything is different. Now, the proper belief in the malaika, and we're going to come to that bit in light when we come to their, uh, their, their, uh, their, their jobs and responsibilities. When you reflect on that, that changes your perspective. Because you realize, you realize that you are never alone. Ever. <laughs> Even when you by yourself, you're not. Right? First, Allah sees you. Allah knows what you're doing. Allah hears what you're saying and what you're doing and what your soul whispers to itself, so on and so forth. Allah knows. Allah knows. Allah sees. Allah hears. Huh? To the end. So you're never alone. Allah Ta'ala is he's watching. Okay? But also, there are always angels around you. Always. Always. They don't leave your side. They don't leave your side. Alright? Now, remember they mentioned, even when you enter into the bathroom, the angels are right outside, still monitoring you. Still. So you never unmonitored. Ever. Right? The point is that that, that changes and the person reflects on that, that, that changes stuff. That changes, right? Your perception. Anyway, the Shaykh says, He says, So these are from the things that point to the great number of the angels. He said, And then now specifically, He said, Is that we believe in the and specifically, we believe in the details as it relates to the number of angels that has that has come inside of the text in detail. Like Allah Ta'ala statement, and and the throne of your Lord will be carried on that day of a uh, uh, by eight. That eight will have the, will be carrying the throne of, of, of your Lord above them. Uh meaning Yom Eight will be carrying it. Now I'm so we say that those who carry the throne eight because of the, the text. So we believe in that specific number that was mentioned, that eight. Eight. Now that makes sense? Also, Allah Ta'ala informs us that uh, that upon the hellfire, as the guards of the hellfire, Allah Ta'ala says, that upon it are 19. Upon it are 19. And we have not made the guards of the hellfire except for the angels. So it's 19 angels that are in charge of guarding the hellfire. Naam. We call the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Yu'ta bi jahannam 
Epistemi will be. Check this out. Remember, that's eight angels that guard it. I mean, not, excuse me. Nineteen angels that guard it. Nineteen angels that guard it. And on the day of judgment, the hellfire will be brought. The hellfire is going to be brought on the day of judgment. Now, it will have 70,000. I don't know what you call it zimam, yani like like uh, like 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 a chain or uh, like a you know like something you pull somewhere a chain, right? Nam. And every and every chain, every chain, ma'akulli zimamin sabiruna alf manak. And every chain will have seventy thousand angels on it. So with seventy thousand chains. And every chain will have 70,000 angels. Naam. Yajurunaha. And they'll be dragging it. Dragging it on the day of judgment. Naam. Now the kuffar, they're going to see this. And they're going to know this is for them. Yes, sir? That is a part of their torture. Because could you imagine the anxiety? Yani, I don't even know how to explain it. Worse than a nervous breakdown because you know this is this is for you. This is where you're going. May Allah Ta'ala save us from that. I mean. But in any event, then we know that specific number. 70,000 angels on each chain dragging the hellfire on the day of judgment. Which shows you the the shows you the the, the massive yeah, the proportion of the hellfire. And that Allah has promised it will be filled. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And then we have the, 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 the jobs of the angels. The jobs of the angels. We believe in the jobs of the angels in general. And that they are soldiers for Allah And they are uh, Noble surgeons uh, surgeons. They are noble servants They are noble servants and that every angel, they do what Allah has commanded them to do. So we believe that every angel has a job. Every angel has a job. Every angel has a job. And they do that which Allah Ta'ala has commanded them to do. And they fulfill it completely. And there's not amongst the angels a single one that disobeys Allah. No angel disobeys Allah. This is from our belief. It's not possible for an angel to disobey Allah. The Christians believe that Iblis used to be an angel, he disobeyed Allah, and he became shaitan. Because their belief is corrupt, it's wrong, it's false. The proper belief is that no angel disobeys Allah. Iblis, he is a jinn. He's a jinn, he's not an angel. He's a jinn, he's not an angel. As Allah Ta'ala makes clear for us inside the Quran. Well, who am I in jinn? And he's from the jinn. The, 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 the Iblis is from the jinn. Naam. Iblis is from the jinn. Right. 
So from our belief is that what? We don't believe that angels disobey Allah. Also, we don't believe that angels are fat little babies. And we don't believe angels are women. No. Alright? Wait. So we believe in there that they all have jobs and responsibilities in general. Ma'am. And specifically, those ones who we know what is their specific job and responsibility, we believe in it. Tafsilan. We believe in their jobs as they have come fully explained inside of the book in the Sunnah. From the Malaika are those who their responsibility is to bring down the revelation. From them is those who their responsibility is to bring down revelation. A delil for this is Allah Ta'ala's statement. وَنَزِلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ And the trusted soul or يعني, uh, uh, spirit comes down. Meaning Jibreel عليه الصلاة والسلام عَلَى قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنْذَرِينَ مِنَ الْمُنْذِرِينَ He comes down with the revelation to your heart so that you can be from the warners. Naam. Because from the functionality of Jibreel والسلام, from his jobs to what? It's to bring down the revelation. Jibreel Women home and from the angels, men. And from the angels, they are those who their responsibility is to take the souls. Is to take the souls at the times of death. He says, and say that the angel of death is has been given the task of taking your souls. Has been given the task of taking your souls, meaning at the time of death. Naam. So that is that is his job. Yeah. And from the angels, there are those who their job is to protect the slave. Naam. From the angels, there are those who their job is to protect the slaves. Allah Ta'ala, He says, لَهُ مُعَقِّبَاتٌ مِنْ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ يَحْفِظُونَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِ And that they are before Him and behind Him, angels in session, that protect him uh, by Allah's command. That protect him by Allah's command. Naam. And Allahu a'la wa a'lam. But this reality could be from where the kuffar derived their concept of a guardian angel. Right? A guardian angel. Because there are angels that are responsible for each and every one of us. And their job is to protect us from that which wasn't written for us. You understand? The ulama, they explained. They said, for example, if there was something that was about to happen to you, and it wasn't decreed it was going to happen to you, the angels would divert it from you. Right? And I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, those who you know, live for a little bit, you have had experiences like this, where it seemed like something should have happened, but it didn't. Right? For example, those who have you know, been driving for some time, you may have had a, a, a situations where... You feel like, you seem like you're going to get into a crash to the point where even you 
just reserve yourself to the fact that I'm about to crash. But then you don't crash, you miss it. Right? Um, or there may be times, uh, you know, maybe for boys, maybe girls too, I don't know. Right? The boys that are a little rougher, a little more, <laughs> they act a little more crazy. Right? No sense. Right? But <laughs> we were little for a while. Allah was dying. Allah was dying. We would do stupid stuff. We would have rock fights. <laughs> right? And, and throw, you know, hard pieces of like sandstone. It was like sandstone because you'd be hit on if it break up, but it hurt. Isn't it? It's still a rock. Right? We would, have, we would throw it at each other. So it'd be times where something coming like, oh, it's going to hit you. Right? It's going to hit you, you know, but it, it, it doesn't. And you just you close your eyes and you open them. Oh, what happened? He didn't get hit. So don't let me explain. This is an example. I'm just pulling from, you know, what I can think of for examples. And perhaps you may have some better examples. Right? I hope you wasn't as foolish as we was as kids of throwing sandstones at each other. <laughs> you know? Allah was dying. Allah was dying. But, but anyway, uh, now let me explain. So when something is not written for you, they will divert it from you. But if something was written for you, they will stand back and let it happen. They will stand back and let it happen. Now, so in any event, these are the functionalities of these particular angels. This is their job. Now, so now just think about that now. Because we're not talking about the angels that are writing for you. You got them with you too. But now you got these ones around you too. You're never by yourself. He never buys himself. Yeah. Wait. Women whom a man who are maukurun bil kitaba, and from them there are those who their job is to write. Allah Ta'ala says, Wa inna alaykum la hafidun, la inna alaykum la hafidin. And it rarely you have among, again, upon you those angels who they write and they preserve. They are noble and they preserve. They are those, yani, they are noble and they are writing, I'm sorry. So you have angels that their job is to write down our deeds. Our deeds. Naam? To write down our deeds. Everything that we do, everything that we say. Allah Ta'ala says, مَا يَلْفِضُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ They do not say anything except that there is an angel watching them ready to record it. So everything that you say, the ulama they mentioned, they say even the moans of sickness, even the moans of sickness, a person when he's sick and he makes those moans, ow, ah, you know, so on and so forth, even that's written down. Even that is written down. So this is a reminder to watch what you say. Watch what you say because it's all written down. It's all written down. When this iman, it helps curb what you say. And it brings to you safety and security. When you curb your speech. You understand? When you curb your speech. And there are many effects that this has upon your life. From those effects and from our Da'wah and our minhaj is that our minhaj is open book. As Sheikh Anjali, Allah Ta'ala, he always says, our minhaj, our da'wah is open book. 
We don't have no secret councils. Right? We don't have no organized secret councils. We'll be saying something different than what we letting it be known. No, we open book. <laughs> That's why for the Salafi, huh? the Sunni Salafi, he, he don't care about no intelligence agencies. You go ahead and record, that's fine. But what we say in private is what we say in public. We don't have a different belief behind closed doors and then come to the people and say to them something different. No, what we say in public is what we say behind closed doors. Now, this is the reality. <laughs> you understand? So for us, hey, you can record us all day long, that's fine. Because your recording, we really don't care about because the angels are already recording they're already writing everything down so and they don't care about what you got you understand so that brings you security that brings you confidence because by way of it you're able to govern what you say you're able to govern what you say and what you do now but women who men who are and from them, there are angels who are responsible of, for the rain. Responsible for the rain. And yeah, by Allah's command, of course. All of this is by Allah's command. And other than that, from the, from the uh, jobs of the Malaika. From that which has come inside of the book, it comes in detail inside of Allah's book in the, in the Sunnah of His Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we believe in all of it. We believe in all of it. and from that also, hadith is that which comes inside the hadith. sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu he said, and look, this hadith right here is an encouragement to uh, for those who have the ability of course those who don't have the ability then you do what you can but fear Allah to the best of your ability right but for those who have the ability to come to the houses of Allah then you get a benefit by coming that you don't get by not coming right the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said mashtaba'a he said that there is not from a people that gather in a house from the houses of Allah and they recite therein his book and they study it amongst themselves except that there descends upon them the tranquility except that there descends upon them the tranquility now and we shall all want that and we all need that you know we all we need that tranquility to descend upon us now and they are immersed, they are enveloped by mercy. They are they are enveloped and in, in immersed by mercy. And the angels encircle them. And the angels encircle them. Naam. And Allah mentions those people to those malaika who are close. Now, so this is this is a benefit that you get when you come and you seek knowledge inside of the houses of Allah, Azawajal, you get all of this benefit. Naam, you get all of this benefit. Wa qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet said, Man salaka tariqan 
يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له طريقا إلى الجنة وإن الملائكة لتضع أجنحتها رضا للطالب العلم and that the, uh, that no one takes a path seeking therein knowledge except that Allah makes easy for them the path to Jannah and the angels lower their wings to the student of knowledge because they are pleased with what they are doing because they are pleased with what they are doing Allahu Akbar this is tremendous Naam. the angels lower their wings to the student of knowledge this is an encouragement for everyone to seek knowledge Ma'am, encouragement for everyone to seek knowledge. It's also an encouragement and it changes the yani, the perception. And of course, part of an ilm that is good, he implements what he knows and so on and so forth. These are the, these are the kind that we want to be. These are the kind that if they are available, we want to marry our women folk too. And these are the kind of women folk, they should be wanting to marry them. Ma'am. And this is the acts, unfortunately, inside of some of as uh, some yani, facets of society, uh, some portion of society is the opposite. The girls they're going after the yani, the big money man, right? And, and things of this nature. They want the doctor. They want the you know whatever engineer, whatever. Yeah, and uh, they they look down on the talib al-ilm, Allah musta'in. But the talib al-ilm is the one of angels they lower their wing to him. So the student of knowledge. The angels, they lower their wing to them because they're happy and pleased with what they're doing. But Talib al-Ilm, Yamshi the student of knowledge, he walks out to the sitting of knowledge. And he sits in it every day. And he don't see the angels. But the angels are there and they're lowering their wings to the student of knowledge. This is a reminder too to us to Naam attend the circles of knowledge, no doubt. Also, I want to remind those people who go to Hajj and Umrah, take advantage of that situation because you're in a place with the ulama. Naam, you're in a place with the ulama. Uh, especially doing Umrah. I know Hajj is a little more busy, it's a lot more busy, right? But doing Umrah, a lot of times people go for packages for seven days, for ten days, fourteen days, huh? and the like. Uh, so you have a lot of time. But the people, they be, you know, a lot of times wasting time. Check on trick them, they be wasting time. Not saying don't buy gifts. Not saying don't get those things that you can get there that you can't get back home. I'm no one is saying that. Take time and go do what you got to do and buy what you need to buy and spend time in the souk getting what you need to get. But don't turn your trip into that. You find brother, they turn their whole trip into that. They go into the tailor, then they go on shopping, then they go on to buy a book, then they go on to buy oils, then they go on to buy it, then they go on to buy it, then they go on to buy it. Every time you see them, they're in, they in transit, going somewhere else. So how about it? The Dharas the, the is right there. You're in Mecca. You have the, the sitting of Sheikh Allah. Go benefit from the Sheikh. Sheikh Yahya al-Mudarris. Go benefit from the Sheikh. Sheikh Yahya al-Mudarris. He was the teacher of Sheikh Muqbil. Naam, rahmatullah alayhi. Benefit. You have Sheikh Muhammad bin Adam, Sheikh Muhammad bin Ali, Sheikh Muhammad bin Ali bin Adam al Ethiopi. Benefit from the Sheikh. Huh? And other than him, Sheikh Muhammad Bazmoul, 
Shri Ahmed Bazmoon, they are there in Mecca. Benefit from them. Mashaykh, alhamdulillah, benefit from them. Benefit, go to their cities and, and sit with them. Ma'am, get this reward, inshallah ta'ala. Get benefit from the dars. A person, he say, but I don't understand Arabic. What I'm going to learn, what I'm going to get from it. You're going to get a lot from it. You're going to get a lot from it. Because see, one of the things, when you learn a language, <clears throat> you have to train your ear. Right? When you first hear a language, you can't differentiate between the words. Where words start and where, and where it ends. You can't differentiate. It's just sounds. It's a mixture of sounds to you. You can't tell where, where words start, where it ends. Where it starts and where it ends. Right? But by training your ear, and that's only due by constantly listening, you'll be able to identify where a word starts and where it ends. You only get that by listening. You only get that by listening. There are going to be certain phrases that are oft-repeated. Those phrases you may be able to catch and imitate. Now you can ask, what does this phrase mean? Now you learn what that phrase means, you have, you, have, you have built your vocabulary. Now that's one less phrase you have to learn. Right? You may be learning or picking up on certain words. You may hear that word used. Now, and then it may be used with another word that you don't know what it means. So now you ask, okay, I know this word, but what that word means? And now you're able to build. And like this, you build slowly. It takes time. It's slow. It's not like you don't go there and, you know, khalas, but it takes time. It's slow. But see, the point is, is that the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has built us, has built human beings, is that this is how we learn language, by being exposed to it. Because reflect on this. Think about this. When you have children, your children come into the world and they don't know nothing. Right? What do you do to teach them language? You talk to them. Your children is not saying, what's, what's, what's that grammar rule? The children are not asking you that. They're not saying, what's that grammar rule? Yeah, they teach me now, all this type of stuff. No, you want to teach a child, you want to teach a baby Arabic? Talk to it in Arabic. You want to teach a child Spanish? Talk to it in Spanish. When you teach a child English, talk to him in English. That's how a child learns. The point is, is that you realize that when you learn language from this natural way, I don't know what else to call it, they may have a technical term for it, but the natural way of learning a language where it's due to exposure to it, yani a lot of exposure to it, you start to learn like a child because that's how Allah Ta'ala, He made our brains. So what happened is that what? Is that you're going to start to be able to differentiate between different words. You're going to start to pick up on different phrases and the response that is that is uh, expected from you from that phrase, even though you maybe can't say it back, but you understand it. Just like children, you talk to them from when they're babies. You talk, you talk, you talk, you talk, and then when they get to the point where they can start to talk, you will see a child will look at you very intensively because they understand what you're saying. They can't say it back to you. They don't have the vocabulary to have a conversation with you, but they understand what you're saying. They understand what you're saying. And they'll act on it. And then as their vocabulary builds, then they can start talking back to you and holding conversation with you as their vocabulary builds. But it's the same way. So my point is, is that when you expose yourself to the Arabic language, you help along this process. So you still benefit from this educational standpoint. But you, but, but you, uh, more than that, you still benefit from the tranquility. You still benefit from getting enveloped in, in mercy. Huh? And so on. And the angels still bowing their wings to you. Because you try it. Try your best. That's it. So you don't lose. So go to the go to the classes. Don't don't be in the soup the whole time. Ma'am. Don't be in the soup the whole time. And you know, Ahlul Fitin, 
Ahlul Fitan, huh? The people of Fitna, the troublemakers, right? Subhanallah, when they go to Mecca, you don't really find them sitting with a lot of mashayikh, you know, because they only got like two, three. They, none of them live in, in Mecca, right? So they, so they don't really, you know, benefit from uh, the mashayikh in Mecca, because, you know, Allah Mustain. In their mind, maybe they think there's no one to sit with. Allah Mustain. I don't know. You know, who, who knows, Annie? I'm done trying to figure out weirdos. But anyway, um, don't be tricked by that. Don't be tricked by the, the likes of this. Likewise, when you go to Al Medina, benefit from the Mashaykh. You have Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al Abbad teaching inside of, 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 of the Haram in, in Medina. You have Sheikh Abdul Razak. And other than them, Ali Nasir Fiqih, and other than them that are teaching the side of 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 of, uh, of, uh, of Medina, still teaching, Ma'am, teaching inside of Medina, benefit from them, learn from them, Sheikh Suleiman Al Ruhaini, benefit from them. These are the Mashaykh, Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, Sheikh Saleh Al Suhaimi. These are Mashaykh, Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, Ma'am, Sheikh Abdul. Sheikh Abdul Rahman Muhyiddin Naam, benefit from these from the Mashaykh, Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah These are individuals that are still teaching They're still teaching Ay naam, Sheikh Muhammad bin Hadi Ayyuh, naam These are Mashaykh that are still teaching, benefit from them Don't, don't, don't avoid their circles, benefit from them Naam, benefit from them So you can get this benefit, inshaAllah ta'ala So you can get this benefit, inshaAllah ta'ala Naam so the Shaykh he says, so the student he goes there day in and day out and he sits down in the circles and the, yeah, he don't see the angels, but the angels are, are there lowering their wings unto him. But the student, what he believes in it, but he believes in it. And he has certainty of it. Because he believes in the unseen. And this Iman has its effects upon the slave. And it has this station inside of it's, it's, its effects on, on, on the soul. That the student, while he is seeking knowledge and his pursuit of knowledge, then he feels, he, he senses this, this reality, he senses this reality of what is going on, right? Uh, from from this from this uh, from this great uh, what do you say for like this great honor for lack of a better term well sharaf uh, and from the the, uh, the the nobility of, of seeking of seeking knowledge and that from the nobility and the noble status of seeking knowledge is that the angels they lower their wings they lower their wings to the student because they are pleased with what he does naam they are pleased with what he does naam and because you, you know how the people of fitna is right you know how the people of fitna is right they gonna say well how come he didn't mention shaykh so and so well how come he left out shaykh so and so <laughs> right? they know people of fitna they say like that but we like to close the door on their face, man. If you have the opportunity to sit with Sheikh Huna, 
Sheikh Rabi'ah, sit with him, benefit from him. Now, if you have the opportunity to sit with Sheikh Huna, Sheikh Ubay, benefit from him. These are from the scholars, these are from the ulama, Ahl Sunnati wa Jama'ah, from Kibar ulama. Now, the reason that I didn't mention him with the first group of Mashaykh, because it was concentrated on Mashaykh that are still active in teaching. That are still active in teaching. Sheikh Rabi' and Sheikh Ubay, they are not active in teaching anymore. They're not active in teaching anymore. Sheikh Rabi'ah, uh, he gives reminders, which is good. If you have the opportunity to visit him, visit him. He gives beautiful reminders. Go and benefit from those reminders. Now, but understand that he is not actively teaching. Those other mashaykh that are mentioned, they are still actively teaching. They give regular lessons still. They're still active in teaching. Right? Uh, Sheikh Abdul Sheikh Abdul Muhsin he teaches inside of the of, of, of the of the Haram inside of Medina. Likewise, Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Razak they teach inside the Haram inside of Medina. You can learn with them daily while you're there if you're there during the, you know, the days that they teach because they teach uh, you know, the majority of the week, but then they have a few days off, right? But the point is, is that you can always sit in the in the in the lessons inside of uh, the Haramain. You can sit in the lessons inside of the Haramain and. The bulk of the mashaykh that I mentioned, except for a couple, because Sheikh Muhammad Hadi does not teach inside Haramain, so on and so forth. Now, they teach inside of one of the two, yani Haramain. And this is why they were mentioned, and this is why the others weren't. But, if they are teaching, go benefit. Now, why not? You'd be a fool not to. Right? If Sheikh Rabin is given a reminder, go benefit. This reminder is going to be, going to be very beneficial. It's going to be very excellent. You're going to learn a lot. Go. Go, benefit, take advantage, because you may not make it back there. The sheikh is, you know, you may not make it back there to see the sheikh again. So go and benefit. Now, but go and benefit. So I don't want anyone to ever understand anything other than that which was intended. We love all of the mashayikh. We're not ahlul fitin. We're not the people of 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 uh, of of of, 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 uh, of trouble and trials and calamities and problems. We're not them people. Those people who drop the Mashaykh Ahlul Sunnity wa Jama'ah because of their desires, because they don't fit with their crooked agenda. We're not like that. You understand what I'm saying? We love all the Mashaykh Ahlul Sunnity wa Jama'ah and uh, we don't drop them like that. Like the people of Fitzna. We don't do that. Huh? <laughs> but they ain't got the nerve to call us troublemakers. Allah. <laughs> anyway. They don't deserve no more airtime. <laughs> Inshallah ta'ala, the Shaykh he goes on to get into the next uh, the next pillar, and that is the belief in the books. Naam, the books that have been revealed. But inshallah ta'ala, we will save that into the next class. Fa natafi al qadr. Wassalamu